Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, what's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Happy Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. As you guys know, maybe not know, I love Mondays. It's, um, I love, I love my job. So when Mondays come around, I'm like, you know, even on Sunday, I'm like anxiously waiting for Monday. I just love, love what I do. I get to, um, almost every Monday, launch a new podcast and launch new content and just start a new week. So I love Mondays and I hope that you guys can love Mondays too. And I, and I hope that you do. Anyway, this is a good podcast with somebody who's dealing with two small dogs. One is very insecure, nervous, and reactive. One is not. And so we're going to be focusing on the reasons why some dogs can become insecure from owner's error, as well as the things that you can do to help build confidence and the reality of the expectations and the fairness of what expectations we can have from an innately or, or a genetically insecure dog. A uh, couple other things. Um, first and foremost, thank you guys so much for enjoying and listening to this podcast. And as it grows, it's very exciting to see all the things that we're doing here in the No Bad Dogs ecosystem. So if you guys, I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions at the end, specifically you, you as a listener, you that's walking your dog, cleaning your house, driving on that trip right now, you're supposed to be working or whatever you're doing. I'm going to answer your questions. I appreciate that's my way to appreciate give back. The only way you can communicate to me on the podcast and my listeners is going over to the iTunes review chart, leaving a review and leaving your question. So it helps me. It supports the channel. I do this absolutely for free for you guys. And I also immediately give right back by answering your question for that review. Now, if you're listening on Spotify, I would still really appreciate you guys leaving a review. Although I don't think you can write a written review on Spotify just yet. But anyway, this is free. I put a lot of time and energy into it. Every week is always the race to get the podcast done, to get out Mondays and Wednesdays for you guys. So just so you know, it is something that's on my radar every day. It gives me anxiety sometimes to make sure that it's out on time for you guys. So do me a favor and leave a review. I would appreciate that so much. So with that being said, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions. 
And also, right now, we are doing a special giveaway for my UK listeners. I'm going to be in London or right outside of London next month doing a seminar, dog training seminar. It's Saturday and Sunday. All the working spots of you bringing your dog are sold out. However, you guys can still come and audit, which means you can watch, you can ask questions, um, you can watch me train these different dogs. It's a really fun weekend of dog owners and dog lovers and trainers. Last time we came over, there were so many people that connected that are friends now and are actively working together to create a stronger, bigger dog training community. So it's very powerful stuff as we scale the the waters of the international world. So uh, anyway, so we're doing a giveaway. First of all, it's on my Instagram. Go check that out. And we're also, it's 50% off the audit spots. So I think they are 300 plus tax and fees normally. And right now they're 50% off for both days. So if you guys want to come, go and uh, enter the giveaway that we did on my Instagram at Tom Davis. And uh, right now until next, or I'm sorry, this Sunday, which I believe is what, the 18th? Uh, or no, 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 no. It's going to be the 21st. So Sunday the 21st, this offer is going to be off the table. So if you guys are thinking about coming, maybe it was too expensive or you can't, you couldn't afford it, it is now 50% off for the weekend as well as doing a giveaway. So you might have a chance to win a free ticket for the weekend. So go check it out. Links are in the description below to get your tickets. And I'm so excited. Anybody else that's living across the States, I am going on tour. Um, so hopefully we can meet you guys out in the road um, and meet you guys and take pictures and uh, just meet the No Bad Dog Army. Anyway, we're going to get into the podcast. I'll talk to you at the end. Sandy has come uh, from my kids as a gift for my 50th birthday. Um, my sister-in-law is a breeder. Um he was the smallest one in the litter um, of a puppy of nine. Um, and it seemed to be that when he was, you know, looking at videos of him, he was like always at the bottom of the litter. Um, so he just sort of never got a chance to, I don't know, um, just, he was just always the bottom bottom of the litter and, and he just wasn't treated equally. And he was picked on by a couple of dogs. But um, as, he got to about six weeks. He started getting really chopsy with the other dogs um, and started sort of, um, you know, sort of turning on to in particular, especially the one that was picking on him. Um, so when he came to our house from about eight weeks old, it took him about two weeks to be confident around us. He was really, really timid. Um, we already had another Cavapouche on at the same time. Uh, she was 15 months old then. Um, called Clover, and she came from the same house. Um, Sandy, Sandy instantly bonded with her. She wasn't particularly keen because she was like a spoilt, uh, you know, only child. Um, but you know, since then they they live and adore each other. Um, we had Clover seven weeks after our thirteen-year-old Newfoundland died, so I kind of had her as a you know, something out of grief. Um, but it was also grief with my dad as well. With with our Newfoundland, I always brought her up so well. But I was like 13, 15 years ago. Um, I was younger, more energetic. Um, really wanted to make sure that she was a dog that would never sort of jump on people and, and that. So the, the commitment was there from the beginning. Um, but with Clover, she came to me uh, the older dog, the other Cavapouchon, she was 
um, a bit of a character, a bit naughty, a bit funny, like the Artful Dodger. She had she made us laugh a lot of the time. But I was also um, in a place of with my dad dying at my age, just in, in a place of sort of anxiety and grief. So I just couldn't sort of handle her as as well. Um, but it didn't turn out to be much of a problem at the time because although she, or, or what I thought, although she did, does what she wants to, it's not overly naughty, so it doesn't really cause us any trouble or any bother. Um, she just isn't necessarily obedient. She's incredibly um, intelligent and highly trainable. Um, but then, you know, that's sort of the background of her. So when we had Sandy, I started taking him out, socialising him from day one. Um, he couldn't walk. He was didn't have his inoculation. So I would carry him out in a blanket, um, walk him to work. Um, we've got a business. We've got like 30 people to work for us. So I go into work. It's construction industry. So... Um, you know, he saw people on a daily basis, um, but again, was always very timid and scared of them. Um, he's also really reactive to people at the front door and people and dogs when we're out on a walk. Since then, Sandy has been really copying Clover for guidance on how he should behave as a dog. Um, I've been in a state of anxiety and just not been in a good place for, for training, which has made me feel stupid and inadequate because I did really well with our Newfoundland. Um, as soon as Sandy was old enough to go on a lead, the minute he went on to the lead, he was lunging, freaking, just did not know what to do with himself. He was like, oh my God, what the hell is this? You know, he was just petrified. He just didn't know what to do. So um, I've only taken him out, to be honest, about 20, 30 times on the lead because every time I don't want to obviously reinforce his bad behaviour. I don't know how to 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 deal with 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 all of that. Um, well, he's, he's just like in the house. He sort of almost sleeps with when I open during the day because he's waiting for a noise. He's waiting for something to. I've stopped working in an, in the office. I started working from home about three months ago to try and train the dogs because we travel back and forth to Spain um, for Christmas. I want to take the dogs with us. Um, you know, all, all I all I want to really do is just to be able to have him happy. I'm so concerned about his emotional, mental well-being that is going to end up giving him diseases as he's older. It's just like sending me so upset about him all the time. And I'm just I've done a couple of courses. I've had this positive only training. It's just all shit. You know, nothing is. You know, you can see it's nothing working. Watch your videos for the last three weeks. I know this is exactly what we need to do. But I think for me, what I need to do is if I can... I have such little confidence now as I'm older. I'm, I'm really looking if there's something we can do to, like, day one to five, start doing this. After day ten, can, you know, start walking them out. I really want to look at a programme that I can feel... Because I will stick by it. I will... Um, be committed I'm committed to not over loving him I'm committed to to all the things that I've got to do to make him happy all I want is him to be a happy little dog obviously I've got to train Clover at the same time because he is influenced by everything she does um he copies her for, for so many things and she's still quite a young dog so you know it makes sense when I don't have a lot of problems with her but if I'm just saying him to leave it 
the pair of them bark at the door. Um, I don't know whether it's excitement for her. I don't know whether she's guarding, but I know for him it's fear. I know it's just his tail goes between his legs or he's got his tail at high sort of frantically wagging it, but not in a friendly way. Um, so, yeah, I really would like some help on sort of, you know, week by week, day by day, how I can bring it back out into the world. Because one day I just want to be able to walk past people and him not be scared. That's all I need. Yeah. Okay. So it's Sandy and what's the other dog? Clover. Okay. Well, I think it sounds to me that it's, there's, uh, like you said, with the, with the breeding, I think there's a natural and, and the, the, so Sandy's the dog that was kind of the runt to the litter, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she's the younger one, correct? Yeah. Okay. And that's... He's, and he's a boy. Sandy is. Yeah, he's a little boy. Oh, mm. okay. And Clover's a boy as well? A girl. A girl. girl. Okay. Mm. Okay. So Sandy is is the is the younger dog that's reacting and or more insecure than anything yeah and he is the one that you're worried about the most yeah okay just his mental health and yeah just i just want him to be a happy little dog yeah so there's there's a there's there's a lot of layers you know the first thing i would say is genet obviously like you already said there's genetics that goes into that where there's there's not much you can do about that you get um, a dog that comes out that's insecure. You're already f- pushing against the grain a bit. You're already mm. fighting that uphill battle that you unfortunately didn't cause. So there's that. That's the first thing that you should think about. And mm. with that being said, that doesn't mean that the dog can't ever be confident and it doesn't mean that you can't get better. That just simply means that th- this the standard or the bar is already set to, hey, I'm insecure because that's how I was born and I'm fearful Mm. because that's how I was born. So Mm. there's that. That's always a thing. Like for me, if I wanted to play professional basketball, it'd be really hard for me to do that because of my genetics. I'm not seven feet tall. Right. And Mm. it just wouldn't make sense. So I'm just kind of putting things in perspective for you that there's certain genetical things that are there and it's, it's harder to push against than, than others. So this isn't like a taught thing. This is more of like, Hey, so there's that. And and then I would say moving forward, the best way to create confidence in a dog is to, is by you going out Mm -hmm. and providing confidence through uh, structure and jobs and testing and, really not caring too much with your with your voice on it. So oftentimes so that's that's the real that's the real thing that you have to do is start creating confidence. Now, there's some things that will decrease a dog's confidence with their handler and it's a, it's this is something we talk about all the time and I'm saying these things because of experience. It's not just my opinion, it's just and that's why you've hired me is, you know, session over session, over session, over session, these things are happening. And a lot of times it's because of a lack of accountability will decrease Mm -hmm. a dog's confidence considerably. Yeah. And so talking to your dog 
is one thing, but trying to talk to your dog and have them actually understand is another thing. So when I'm working with a dog, I may tell them how sweet they are and how handsome they are and whatever, but I'm not expecting them to do something about it. Right. So I'm a dog lover first. So I understand that, you know, talking to your dog is inevitable and it's something that we enjoy to do. It's why we have dogs. They're our companions, but there's things that a lot of people will do that will decrease the dog's security, I will, or confidence. So just be careful on that, how much information you're giving the dog, right? So if you're, if you're giving information that really isn't that meaningful, that you're just kind of blabbering, that's, that's okay, but you just got to be careful. A lot of people will say like, it's okay. I'm just coming, you know, I'm just going over here or it's okay. It's just uncle Paul or it's okay. It's just a bird or, you know, those are the types of things that will make a dog worrisome. So let's say you're, let's say you're out for a walk. And this is a template you can use anywhere, right? But let's just say you go out for a walk and a garbage truck drives by and it's big and it's loud and it's making noises and Sandy starts to get nervous. And then you stop everything on the walk and you look at Sandy, you say, it's okay, it's just a garbage truck. Look, see, it's fine. Everything's fine. The people that are in there are okay. It's just fine, Sandy. It's just a garbage truck. Those are the things that will make your relationship worse and those are the things that will make a dog less confident and, and, or, uh, continue to decrease the confident levels because dogs who are insecure innately, or in your case, that was born like this genetically, they tend to want to, you know, so a confident dog would be, let's say you're at a park and you get a dog off leash that comes up ragging their tail and excited and jumps into your lap and just doesn't care who you are they're like i'm confident i love you <laughs> i'm a dog and, yeah and you that's clover right so then you get like an insecure dog that's like suspicious of everything i don't know about this this makes me worry you know just like with people everything makes them you know, they have anxiety about everything and so your job is to provide leadership and confidence through your handling and the way that you present yourself. So again, let's go back to the garbage truck deal. We're out for a walk, garbage truck goes by, you can see maybe Sandy gets a little nervous, you know, and you just keep walking. And that's the best thing to do for a dog like that is they look at a situation and they go, oh crap. And then you, as the person who is supposed to be in charge, just drive right through it and act like nothing's happening that will provide confidence with the dog. Now there's some other things that you can do. Like you can stop and just don't look at the dog. Don't look at the garbage truck. You just stop and kind of look around and let the dog soak in that information and let the dog soak in that experience without muddying the water. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That stuff will see everyone. So oftentimes dog owners will Kill, I call it killing them with kindness, um, especially in, in the, the type of work that I do. And I specialize in behavior modification. Off, that's what often happens is dog owners will inflect their own, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's just this. Or they'll pick them up or they'll cover their ears or cover their eyes and do all this crazy shit. And they're dogs, so that's terrible. That's that's the worst thing you could do. Yeah. So those are just examples of, of things that dog owners yeah. will do. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I definitely do that sometimes. There's other things I don't. Um, I've been trying to get him to walk to heel for, for quite a while. Um, did the slip 
lead with him about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Took him up to um, the, the field, sort of about 300 yards away from our house. And he was absolutely perfect on the lead. I was, you know, shoulders like headlamps, straight away, sort of walking, leading. And he was sort of like looking up at me, like, what do I do? What do I do? But looking up at me and just yeah. sort of like nervously walking, but but watching me and focusing. Um, so I've been teaching myself first kind of how I should behave. But that, but one of the other training stuff I did, which was online, the guy said that if there's something going on, like at the window, you go to the window and you go, it's okay, I got it. Um, but you go, it's only a so-and-so, don't worry, blah, blah, blah. So the training that I got off that guy was like, oh, it's okay, don't worry. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that is a, something that I've been doing because I thought I had to do. Um, whereas, but then on another part, because and that's the thing where I say I would love to sort of have a program of knowing what to do so I would stay rigidly in it. Mm-hmm. If I am left to um, improvise in any way, I'm scared that I will do the wrong thing. Like I say, my confidence is, is so low as I get older. So, and, you know, the clock is ticking. I've only got four months to get him that we can just walk him down the street and go and sit um in a restaurant luckily enough he gets ignored by people i don't think people are overly in love with tiny dogs so that's great whereas with newfoundland we just got stopped everywhere and he you know the little ones just don't really get made a fuss of which is brilliant um the other thing is with the the slip lead um it has been working okay on our own but over the over the hospital where I go, there's a field. There's not many people around. But if you if we catch a person, I've been trying to stay away from people for a minute just to get him confident, um, just on the lead and, and walk into heel. But when he does come across them, that slip lead isn't doing anything. So, you know, I feel as though I need a prong collar for him. And the other thing is the distance I find between sort of underneath his his neck and by his ears to where his kind of windpipe area is, is very, very little. Because I'll show you him, he's, he's very tiny, mm-hmm. sort of size-wise. He's very small and got a very, very tiny neck. Um, so I, I've, I've ordered um, a micro-prong, because I think it's going to have to be prong, because he's... The other thing he does is he's choking himself so much that he's doing like an inverted sneeze, mm-hmm. and he's like he's sort of going into a spasm in his throat and yeah. that is I'm having to stick my finger in his mouth to make him swallow to get him out of that panic. Yeah. Um, so he's just like stricken, like stricken with panic Yeah. all the time. Sure. That, and that's where you're, that's exactly where the prong collar will come in as a safer option, mm. but you just yeah. have to make sure that you're also using it properly making sure that it's fit snug right behind the ears and you're popping instead of pulling and you're proactive, yeah. you're proactively catching him on the leash and collar before he gets to a point of pulling. So if your leash is taut and your leash is, is tight, then you have to get creative to give yourself some slack to then snap mm. back and, and okay. correct the dog. I mean, like I do that. He's, we're on a nice, you know, on yeah, our yeah, own, we're yeah. on a nice, slack lead um, until something happens and around people so it's kind of 
where I go from from there, from that sort of everything's okay to somebody being around, how do I react around that situation? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I need? What A to Z do I need to do just to sort of get, and I can do it, but I just kind of need to know. I think the first thing that you should do is is really focus on your healing in general. I mean, because that's yeah. that, that's really what you're what you're potentially um, working on is mm. your your healing. So if the dog doesn't under so there's levels to healing, and if your dog doesn't understand what heal is in context of outside, then that's why you're failing. That's that's the, mm. the most common reason why dogs choke themselves out and don't listen on the leash is because you they simply have no clue what you're asking. So there's a course that I put out. It's called the No Bad Dog Starter Course, and that goes I over. That. You, did you get it? Yeah. Yeah. So that goes yeah. over all of that. Yeah. 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 And to be fair, this is what I've stayed back in the house, so I'm getting it right in the house, um, and I'm going to then take him do the exercises out on the drive, mm-hmm. and then take it out a little bit further because we've got quite a long drive. So I'll take it out on the drive where there's people still walking past. Mm-hmm. And then take it outside the drive, so we can still their place and heal just at the top of our drive, at the top of our garden. And then once you get past that drive, then you're out on the main road where there's people and lorries and all sorts of noises and and that going on. Then, so I was wondering if that would make sense to do that first. Yeah, definitely. You want to you want to take it slow and make sure that you're not doing too much too fast because that's where you will unfortunately fail. So when you're, mm. but you have to go out and bring them for longer walks, you know, that's, that's, that's something that you're going to have to do. So that's where mm. you, that's where your duration matters. So instead of okay. expecting him to heal and walk nicely for a long period of time, you would just uh, engage with him for, you know, I don't know, five to 10 seconds you know, so healing him and and then doing your inside and outside turns to, uh, to make sure that you're engaged with him as well and, and keep it, keep it less about the distance and more about the engagement, like go okay. out, turn inside to him, turn outside, turn inside, recall, turn inside, turn outside, pay attention, pay attention, break. So just focus more on getting him engaged with you than anything else. Okay. And, um, and just understand that, that that's, you know, that's something that will, Will definitely be helpful uh, is is keeping him engaged and then getting him little small breaks. So just use your body, use your body to really kind of cut him around and cut him off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's a lot okay. of yeah. There's a lot of videos on YouTube that I I go over in in that regard with mm-hmm. that. So as far as a game plan goes, I think because I know that that's what you're hoping for is is yeah. kind of a roadmap to be successful. And I think for you, it would you should just write down what your specific goals are, and your goals should be in line with the things that you're lacking and the things that you're, you know, missing. And I and I would say, okay. judging by what you've said so far, the most important thing, especially for Sandy, is confidence yeah. and exposure. And again, yeah. like you have to make sure, no matter if you're going out and doing the best training in the world, you have to make sure that your relationship is following suit. So it would be yeah. like trying to get into the best shape of your life, exercising and spending all that time in a trainer exercising mm-hmm. and you're still eating like garbage. So you're, yeah. you're kind of one step forward, one step back. So make sure that when you're out and you're handling and you're working on confidence that you're also matching it and pairing it with 
the confidence that will come from your daily communication. So not overly talking, not overly conversation, making sure that you're ignoring and pushing through with momentum in situations that could make him nervous. So again, like the garbage truck thing is like the, what I'm talking about when you're out, just make sure if he's like, Oh, what's that? That you don't make it a big deal and you push through it. Okay. Oftentimes dogs will stop, put on the brakes, they get nervous. And it's okay for those things to happen because that's involuntary. You can't tell somebody, don't be afraid yeah. of that. It's like, what do you mean? You know, a ladder just fell next to me. Of course, I'm going to jump. That those are That's not what I'm talking about. What we're talking about is when something happens, when you're out on a walk, do not stop and stop the entire parade of your life. If your dog gets spooked out by a butterfly that flew by, you just keep moving because he's going to look at you. And if you are confident and you don't care, then he will care less. And that's your job. I call it the flight attendant type of behavior. So if you're, if you're on a, right, if you're on a flight and you're getting some turbulence and, you know, maybe you're not a flyer, you know, an avid flyer and you're nervous and the flight attendants are still serving cocktails and laughing. You're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel better. Right. So that's kind of like your job is to set a standard of like, this is everyday procedure. This is what happens. It's no big deal. Like, let's just move on. Your dog will feel more confident. So when you're, when you're out with him, just keep that in mind. And then when you're home with him, keep that in mind too. It's not realistic for me to ask you to never talk to your dog, but just make sure that you're careful about the information that you're giving the dog. Because when you're out and you're training, and you're saying, Sandy, sit, Sandy, down, Sandy, heel, Sandy, this, blah, blah, blah. The dog is looking at you and listening to what the what vo- what noises are coming out of your mouth and then doing things about it. Like they're engaged and they're reacting to the things that you're saying. So yeah. dogs don't understand the difference between that and you just sitting on the couch messing around. So you just have to be careful about how you're doing this. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And I'm 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 happy with that. My kids will stick by it. They're 23, 24. They will stick by it. My husband won't. He's horrendous. He's so bad with dogs. He was brought up in a terrible childhood and he had a um sort of lab cross German shepherd that basically brought him up, saved his life. Um the only love of his life was ever that dog mm-hmm. and so you know he's he lost sandy we've got sandy named after sandy um at 15 um and he had sandy from such a young age and sandy was everything in the world so he feels that and i said you're killing them with with kindness mm-hmm. he won't let us leave the house the dogs don't like us leaving the house we've always taken them to work or you know but he is our husband is making us trapped, me and the kids trapped because like somebody's got to be in the house all the time looking after the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to leave them alone a little bit. I'm not talking to them as I go out. Um, I'm not talking to them as I come in. I'm doing my thing um, and almost not talking to them enough, I suppose, now because I'm just trying to overcompensate for what he's doing but you know we just can't leave the house at the minute either so yeah that'll be hard yeah that'll be hard so you just have to have that conversation with him because that's if you like i said one step forward one step back no matter how much money you spend no matter how much time you spend in training if 
your partner is derailing and unraveling all the things that you're tightly weaving, then you will be right back where you are. <laughs> or sometime, yeah. or sometimes when that particular person is around, then they will be a nervous mess because they're like, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. And that's what happens often. So, yeah. uh, you know, you're mindful of that and you're aware of that. So that's something that you just have to, you know, continue to, to work on with him because that has nothing to do with the dogs or me. So, yeah, that's hard, but that's, uh, that's your, that's your, uh, job. So, con yeah. so confidence and Sandy is, is things like that. So th those are the things you don't want to do. And those are some things you, you do want to do. So teaching Sandy to do more things is also like good, like the place yeah. command. And, and so when I talk about the place command, it's like, oh, I already have that. Well, then work on the place on different things. So try the place on this and then on that and on this and on that and just start asking him. Basically what you want to do is start getting Sandy to do things that he may be nervous or fearful of and your job is to help him overcome that fear. And that's what confidence is. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Is think about that template, okay? So it, it's, please don't micro down on the place. It's all about getting Sandy to do something that he's fearful of that is fair to help him overcome. Yeah. Does that make sense? So what about, yeah, so how about the car as an example? Um, he's not afraid to jump into the car. Um, he's not afraid to sit into it. But um, I feel as though... He starts to get into where we go and what the hell's, you know, where we go and what's happening. And then Clover, she knows the roots of where we go. Uh -huh. So when we go to work, she's calm because, like, oh, we're going to work. This is boring. This is okay. But when we pull up somewhere that she doesn't understand, she goes over the top and whining with excitement. I mean, Sandy copies that, but it, I don't see his being as excited as her. I just see him as going... Oh my God, what's she waiting for? Oh my God, you know, and then he starts and then there's all this holy crap going on in, in the car and it's just so dramatic and he's shaking. Um, so do you, do you think you think Clover's getting Sandy going? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I do, because he copies a lot of what she does. And while she's fairly confident, she he didn't used to bark at the, at the window. She was the one who barked at the window. Now, he learned that within... Two what do you mean window? Like what window? So we've got um so they like your they, house window? Yeah, yeah. They okay. in the living room and guards. Yeah, so they, they sort of Yeah. They sit here and just watch what's going on at the roads. Sure. So they, they jump on the window sill. Yeah, I got it. So there's a difference between like the car and that, but you know, in the car like you have to control realistically what you can control so so your answer is it's that's a clover thing that's not a sandy thing so that's something that you would work out with clover if clover is the yeah, trigger okay. to sandy if clover's behavior is the trigger to sandy's bad behavior then that's a clover thing and uh, you have to get like i said i have no idea how things are set up for you guys but you have to get creative to figure out okay Clover is actually the issue here in this this situation. So you might want to start bringing Sandy out uh, for rides uh, by alone with Sandy. So so going okay. out and working on just bringing him with you instead 
and just seeing like how well he does by himself and seeing and kind of building his confidence that way. Uh, and then you know, once you once you put Clover into the mix and she gets him all worked up, then that's your job to say, okay, yeah. should we correct it? Should we put yeah. him on a leash? Should we put him up front? Should we put him in a crate? Those are all different roadmaps that you can go down on your own to figure out what's going to work best. But that sounds yeah. like that's the problem. And then the same thing inside yeah. is inside if if Clover is the is the cause, then that's a Clover thing. So the the leash yeah. would go on if you, you know, have your prong collar or your slip leash or whatever you're using you would hang out there for a little bit and start correcting some of that behavior uh, as well as countering it with obedience, mm. go to your place instead, leave it. All of those things would yeah. blend into uh, the success of, of that. Okay. That, that is, is, I think it was something in the back of my mind to be fair, because it, while she doesn't overly influence his behavior, there's certain things like, the front door, the window, he's learned that from her. And the car, I think that he's learned overreaction in the car from her too. But obviously, um, she doesn't lunge at people on the lead. Um, and she's not petrified of people um, like he is. So that's mm -hmm. his thing there. That's on that's on him. So um, I can definitely sort of look at those two separately. Because I know that she needs to have some obedience. Like I say, well before... It wasn't a massive problem to us, her, her lack of obedience. Um, it does influence Sandy, so the pair of them have to, to have obedience in, in that way. So as far as sort of like desensitising him to people and crowds and, and, you know, everyday situations, you know, I've seen on your videos that you go to um, Home Depot, is it, in America? Yeah. I don't know. Um, to those sort of places. Do you think I should take Sandy to something like that? Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think bringing bringing Sandy out to different neutral environments are good. And by neutral, I mean not the dog park, uh, not the pet store, where there's just going to be there there's going to be the normalcy of running up to your dog and seeing other dogs and having uncontrolled dogs. So going to those neutral places like even just walking around a neighborhood or going to a, a a store that allows dogs that it's not a dog store. Mm -hmm. So you're there to pick up yeah. other things and then you leave. So, it, it, you know, it's really up to you. But I think, again, think about the template of your life, your lifestyle, your abilities of what you can do and say, how how can I – go out and introduce Sandy to new neutral fair things to build confidence. And that's the thing is mm -hmm. Sandy goes to a store. I can't, the door, um, the, the things on the ground, the smell, this is way too much. And you just push through that. And then that's how you build confidence. And so things like that, and you can, you can list 20 things by the end of the day to figure out, okay, here is a, I can't, I don't think I can do this. This is scary. And then, okay, maybe it's not so bad. So that's the the kind of the process that you should be thinking about. Okay, yeah. Because I think I'm just as scared as him at this stage. Um, like I say, because I've just been trying to avoid situations that, that make, that reinforce yeah, yeah, his yeah. behavior. So I've been like, if, stay, if I stay in and I try and do, so that, like I say, I've done so many different not so many. I've had this one girl training positive 
training for, for months. And, you know, I think I ended up doing it because she was struggling financially more than even I avoided her training <laughs> the dogs, in a sense, because I thought, well, I'll give you the money and, and you're a nice girl and then you can go home because I don't believe in what, what you're doing. I just didn't, there was no, you know, in my time they should have learned something and they should have, yeah. you know, there, yep. there, was, there was nothing as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, which has wasted a huge amount of my time and then I feel like, again, I go back to the thing about the structure. I just don't have then the, the structure and, you know, I'd rather just say, right, so so if I'm just going to stay with the um, the, the heel, the, the place, sit, um, all that sort of stuff, how many times a day and for how long should I be doing that? Yes, like I think you could do it like 10 minutes a day, um, you know, as, as often as you can. Uh, so 10 minutes a day. And, and that's all that stuff that we covered in that course is goes over here. Yeah. Here's, here's what you should be doing throughout the day. Here's what, here's how many times you should be doing it. Here's the basic core yeah. foundations that your dog should know. And if they don't, then yeah. behaviors are going to continue to build. So yeah. I would revisit that course now that you've purchased it already and really go through that because over, yeah. you know, goes over that in depth. But I, I would say, you know, 10 minute sessions, um, as often as you can, you can fit as many as you want okay. in there. Yeah. So it's just okay. going out and, and saying, Hey, let's do this. Okay. Break. 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 Um, and just continuing to build that, uh, and really just figuring out and isolating your problems. It's like, okay, I need to build confidence. Well, confidence is a whole behavioral process of just like with people becoming more confident, becoming more loving, becoming more thoughtful, becoming more whatever, whatever it is that takes time. It's not like, Oh, my dog is pulling on the leash. Okay. Well, that's, that's more of a kind of like a transactional teach the dog heel, correct the dog for pulling. But when we're talking about confidence building, it's a, it's a behavioral mindset that you have to start developing on your end. If you have a dog under your care, that feels a certain way your job every day is to help that dog to some degree become more confident and sometimes you're going to get huge wins and sometimes you're going to step back a little bit but that's what you should be doing so again think about anything that you can do to to say hey let's do this and the dog's like i can't and then you kind of help them through that process Okay. And then think about the other things that you're really struggling with. Like you have to be very granular about list down the five things that you're having problems with. And some of those things, yeah. you know, you'd be, you'd be surprised actually how many things you end up with. It could be two things that you're like, you know what? Really? The only thing that Sandy's actually doing that I don't like is barking and lunging at people, which of course is then your your enforcement of what are you doing about it and then making sure that the dog understands the behaviors that they they need to be doing like healing or leave it or placing and just being assertive and just tackling those things so the reactivity the, the reactivity it doesn't matter if it's on the walks it doesn't matter if it's with people it doesn't matter if it's with dogs it doesn't matter if it's by the window to the pay the post person it doesn't matter the reactivity is the external behavior that you need to work on and so that's the same thing. So you have, so that's what people give yeah. me all the time. Well, my dog does this, this, and it's all the same thing. It's all the same problem. 
doesn't matter. It's the yeah. same thing. It's literally the same thing. My dog barks at the window. My dog barks in the car. My dog barks at the dogs. My dog barks at the mailman. My dog barks at the neighbor. It's all the same thing. So that's where you right. have to work on your assertive ability to say, leave it, correction. Because that's what a lot of people, especially if you work with a one, what we call in the States, a one-dimensional dog trainer, which that, that means that they only have uh, they're very limited to what they can do. So they don't, they have limitations to their toolbox. They have limitations to their philosophy. They have limitations to their handling. And so if you're working with somebody yeah. with, that's very limited, of course, you're, you're unfortunately going to end up with limited results. And if you have a dog that yeah. needs a lot of work, that's where you're going to get frustrated and fall short. So yeah. therefore you have to make sure that you're asserting yourself in a way that makes sense and just being very efficient literally write down the three to five things that you really are struggling with and then figure out a game plan. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with the, the tone and the timing, so I tried it with a slip lead. The slip lead worked like so well for Sandy when we were on our own. Mm -hmm. Um, I went from the front door, like seven walks and within, Within five, um, up to the up to the hospital, he was brilliant, and he was just focusing on me the whole time. So then I said, "Oh, to my daughter, can I have a look? See what he's like. He's brilliant." Mm -hmm. So I got her out and Clover, and he was back to square when he was absolutely like all over the place. So you brought Clover and her. Yeah. So that so yeah, then that obviously went too fast, didn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. go from you go from. Hey, look, I, we just learned this brand new thing that we're doing so good at. And then you just hit the dog with two major distractions, boom, boom, yeah. and then it fails. And then you're scratching your head and you're frustrated. It's literally yeah. one plus one equals two. Okay. That makes sense. So that's what you have to do is you have to draw back a little bit and, and integrate that in. Um, yeah, that's all. That's it. It's simple, super simple, super simple. You just do that. Yeah. You just have to keep you just have to keep working on the same thing that you just worked on, but you slowly introduce those distractions. Yeah. It's yeah. like anything else. I could else. see it straight away. Yeah. Yep. I could see straight away what, what I did wrong as soon as that, you know, as soon as I come out, which is like, it. oh, look, he's great on the lead now. So um, with the, um, so he's got the, the prong collar on. Mm -hmm. We're out, we're walking, um, if I see somebody, shall I start engaging him in different things just to say, or does he know that I'm being triggered? Or? Yes and no. You have to desensitize those triggers and randomize those things. So if you go out for a half an hour walk and you see three people, so say you see somebody every 10 minutes, you don't yeah. want to engage the dog into an exercise only when you see those people. You want to engage right. the dog four times before you see that person and you want to randomize okay. that work. Yeah. Okay. And because I'm taller, I'm going to see the person before Sandy's going to see them anyway. If they're yeah. on the horizon, if I sort of, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And you just ran, you just randomize it. But again, like put your shoulder straight, stop looking at your dog. Don't put any tension on the leash, put the leash in one hand and just walk yeah. forward. And th the okay. chances of you being successful are major if you do that. What everyone does is the exact opposite. They choke the dog out as soon as they see a person or a dog. They look at the dog. They start yelling at the dog and talking to the dog in information they don't understand. And they mm. slow down and stop. And that tells the dog, 
this thing that's coming is a terrible thing. And the dog starts to react. One plus one equals exactly. It's the same exact thing. So I can't tell you how many times people have traveled to me and spent all this money to work on leash reactivity. And the only thing that they had to do is shut up and put their head up, <laughs> you know, and it's, and I, and I'm, you know, I joke when I say that, but it's true. I mean, they, they just set the dog up for so much failure and they can't get out of their own way. And they're like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. And I just grab the dog and walk. And then the dog doesn't react. They're like, oh my God, you're so good. It's a miracle. No, nope, nope, nope. You're just terrible at what you're doing right now. Put your head forward, put your shoulder straight, take a deep breath, put the leash all in one hand, put your arm down, put your arm down, put your arm down. I mean, how many times yeah. have you seen me train? And I've had to say that so many times. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. people just like, yeah. <laughs> the dog's sitting there and they can't breathe. And they're like, well, this person sucks yeah. because every time this person's around, I get choked out and I almost die. So yeah. Those, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. those are things to just – so I guess my point is is – uh, less is more most times with dogs and you want to have a, um, we are creating a reactive dog course, but, and one of those things, one of the things that we're going to be really highlighting is deactivating the dog before they react and yeah. bringing that down. And that's oftentimes what ends up happening is we start walking towards the dog and we build the dog up instead of putting the dog down. Yeah. And then we complain about the dog reacting when in fact you just lit that fuse. So yeah. my, my point is, is randomize your exercises of inside turns, outside turns, recall, sits, focused, healing, and then also just walking straight through and not giving a shit. Just, I don't care. Yeah. And you'd be very surprised how the dog will change because they're only reacting to the way that you react, especially if you yeah. have a nervous dog that's already nervous off the get. And then the owner does two out of six things that most people do. And then the dog is just immediately fail. Yeah. So yeah. keep that in mind. Definitely. Because I didn't know. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty much an unconscious person. I go around in the world quite unconscious. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds strange, but you know, I watch Sandy and I don't watch myself. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't even know how the hell I'm behaving. I've got no idea yeah. what I'm doing because I pay no attention to myself. Right. I pay attention to the outside world and never to myself. So that would be really good because if I start, forget, if I forget about Sandy and then I move past the person in a conscious way for myself, shoulders back, lead loose, yeah. keep walking, you know, and do the job of myself and not of him then yeah that's probably that's prob probably it because that's I'm it crazy, I'm conscious. i couldn't even tell you what i do exactly honestly i couldn't tell you what i do it's like sandy does this i got no idea what i do i just couldn't yeah. tell you and usually it's sandy does this and then like i said that's that's why i get to do what i do as a, as a teacher as you're like, mm. see, you know, it's just like anything else, anything else. You could literally think of anything, building houses, hitting a golf ball, singing or eating. You're like, look, look how this is not working. I'm like, look how you're not working. What are you doing? Yeah. So, yeah. so sometimes you just have to, sometimes what I'll do with my clients is I just give them a leash and I say, just walk. And they're still like, they mm. can't breathe. I'm like, Hey, there's literally nothing on that leash. There's nobody around. Like mm. they just get so mm. tense. So you just have to be mm. mindful of that and you'll see drastic changes. Um, in your dog's behavior once you stop setting them up for failure. Yeah. No, that, 
that would be really good because um yeah so who's driving yeah, the ship you know that's really that's nice. that's what i tell my clients is who's driving if you're both looking at each other so somebody starts to come on the horizon immediately the leash goes zoop, up like this the head goes down we start talking and we immediately yes. start telling the dog to stop doing something that they're not even doing. Leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. Treats, treats, cheese, 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 cheese. Over here, over here. It's such bullshit. It's so disgusting. It's so bad for the dog's mental state of mind. And then we're scratching our head like, why is my dog insecure? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So just think yeah. about those things. Just be very confident and calm and just move forward. Put your arm down. Look forward. Put your shoulders straight. Constantly, people just look and stare at their dog and talk to them through situations. And the dog's like, "What's wrong, mom? Oh, there's a dog. Well, I hate dogs now because dogs make you feel a certain so, way." So if I'm walking straight on, yeah, concentrated on myself, making sure that I'm behaving, not Sandy. Um, at what point am I? Would I be correcting or would I not be correcting? Depends on what you're working on. If you're working on a nice heel, you would only be correcting the dog if they walk past your legs. If you're working on leave it and your dog is reacting, then you'd be working on the leave it. So that's why you have, that's what I mean is you have to really, that's why that course that I put out and developed just for you is very, very, very important because it doesn't matter what, re, what you're doing as far as reactivity goes. It doesn't matter how bad the behavior is. If you don't have a good foundation, we can't talk. You can't even talk about it. You can't work on it. You can't think about working on it. You can't definitely get it better. So it just depends on what you're working on. It depends on what your dog knows. So you're correcting. So you, you you have to make sure that your dog is set up for success. To answer your question, you're correcting whatever your dog is doing wrong. No, it's okay. Okay. But they have to know what they're doing is wrong, and that's your job to yeah. teach them that. You know. I'm not. I'm not leaving the house until he knows. He's a slower learner than than Clover. Clover, um, I'm doing place and 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 yeah. he'll. Because she's a she's a little show off, so yeah. he's taking a little little while longer to mm -hmm. do that. But I do see, I got the course on Thursday, so I've been working on it um, four or five times a day cool. since Thursday, and I do see that there is something changing with him, cool. um, and he's sort of looking at to me, and you know. I can definitely see something, and and I won't let him go out the back door now for a toilet at all. The pair of them both have to sit, stay, and then I break them both uh, for the toilet. So you know, that is um, that's coming on as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, good, good. I think I think that if if it's going to be anything, I think you know I feel really quite happy with with what we've talked about I think it was going to be anything because we haven't talked much about it um is me and the correction so if I need to come back to you on corrections sometime down the line um I'll probably rebook if that's okay sure because um it's yeah I, I think that I am doing some of it the other thing I'm doing is listening over and over again to your different podcasts as I'm doing housework and nice. and that and, and that puts in a lot of a lot of meat on the bones and I've learned a lot um through that and it's given me confidence and, and strategy for oh okay so you know because sometimes the YouTube and I've subscribed to your um members your club no bad dog cool thank yeah. you yeah so um you know uh, you're the only person that makes sense to me um, in, in all of the stuff I've tried. I've been trying to get my boy 
happy since the day I knew that he was he was not happy um, because I massively believe that anxiety causes disease and I don't mm-hmm. want I want him to live a long happy life and you know you're the only one that makes sense to me so thank you I gotta learn from you first so that I can be good at teaching Sandy I can't teach Sandy until I know what I'm doing I don't think yeah like yeah I'm, well I'm very happy that uh things are making sense for you and that's all you know that's that's all my it's it's just like my career is i just put things out there and i help people i help so many people every day and i put it out there and it helps other people it's great if it doesn't that's fine too all right you guys you've reached the end of the podcast which means i'm going to be going over three of your dog training questions in the reviews this is uh one of the first bad reviews we've gotten uh in one of the first well there's not many of them, but this is definitely one of the first ones we've gotten in over a year. Two-star review from Ty Wessa. I would have given this show one star after you lost me at Prong Collar. I choose to give it two stars instead of count for the fact that there's a lot of work that goes into making the podcast. And I think I went over this last podcast, but um, yeah, I did. I remember now. But anyway, so that kind of sucks that somebody gave me a two. But it's it's the world that we live in, and that's okay. Everybody has their own opinion. So anyway, we're going to get on to the next one. Sage Case, relatable, patient, respectful. Five-star review. Thank you so much. Tom's personality allows his clients to be vulnerable. He is very supportive while simultaneously being direct with what they should and shouldn't do and why. My question is, is I'm the read researcher rule follower. (laughs) (laughs) Our two-year-old fixed 55-pound mixed breed will be off for six plus week board and train to learn basic obedience and on leash and full off leash with the mini educator. When Bowie gets back, I just worked with the Bowie. When Bowie gets back, what do you recommend to keep? What do you recommend to help my husband, 15, 13 and 10 year old kiddos to get on board with training? So husband, three kids. My 15-year-old is very responsible and the other one besides my husband that currently walks Bowie. The only other one besides my husband. Do I only teach the 10 and 13-year-old in-house commands? I imagine the e-collar shouldn't be used either with a 10-year-old or a 56-year-old if they aren't on board and well-trained. The answer is yes. I wouldn't give the remote collar to anybody that doesn't do the pickup or the instructions with the trainer who drops or when you guys pick up Um, because you could seriously mess all your training up and your dog's state of mind up if you don't do that right obviously with any any tool e-collar or anything else so anyway yeah um that's that's my answer and um you could teach your kids to maybe do some basic stuff in the house um and that's totally fine to do but just remember and be mindful you know that they're not only doing it right but they're saying things right so sit 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 like that will not be good so just make sure that you know it's you know your kids you know their capabilities so uh just remember that you know they have to follow through exactly how the dog was trained all right question two my 78 year old mom has an eight pound maltese how does your training translate to dog small i assume slip collars and e collars are out um what elevator pitch can i give her so she invests um well there is no elevator pitch. It's really about, you know, if you want your dog to do better and not pull on the leash, they have to be taught how to heal, first of all, and they have to be held accountable and you have to have some sort of enforcement that the dog cares about. It's that simple. Doesn't matter what type of training you're doing. Doesn't matter what type of equipment you use. The dog has to be held accountable 
and you have to enforce the behaviors that you teach the dog. So if your dog is pulling, they have to learn heel and you have to have something that enforces the heel, period, unless they won't listen. Same thing with your dog barking. If your dog doesn't have a good leave it, then your dog is going to continue to bark and be reactive. And all of that kind of also comes down to relationships. So uh, to be honest, unfortunately, a lot of situations like this, things don't get better because the owner doesn't believe that they are the problem. They are the cause and they are the solution. So it is what it is. That dog will unfortunately probably remain reactive and insecure and pulling on the leash forever. So that's just my honest experience with dogs like this and owners like this. That's just how it works. Um, if she's serious about training, um, she can watch some of my videos and kind of get an idea of how dogs get to that point because we have hundreds of them on the channel. BPMA98. All right, this is going to be the last one for today. BPMA98. So, chewer. Tom, I have an almost eight-month-old bulldog with a chronic chewing problem. Daisy chews on everything from ball caps to baseballs to couches, wood trim, and my son's video game system. What we have noticed is that it usually occurs when I'm not home and those kids that are home aren't paying attention to her. Any solutions, Matt? Thanks for the review, Matt. The answer typically is boredom. If your dog is chewing on everything, that, be, that, that be, that's because they're bored. At this age, the dog's probably out of the teething stage, but also could still be you know, teething a bit, but also bored. That's what's happening is your dog is not mentally stimulated, Matt. Your dog has to be more stimulated. Your dog needs more jobs. You need to do more obedience. So just because your dog doesn't pull on the leash or your dog doesn't react or your dog doesn't necessarily have bad behaviors other than bad habits doesn't mean they don't need to be trained. They need to be mentally stimulated to some degree so they feel like they have worth. They feel like they have a job. Dogs are animals. They need something to do. They can't just sit on the couch all day and do nothing. You need to go out and work this dog to get the dog mentally stimulated. If your dog runs away, they're not happy and fulfilled. If your dog is chewing on everything in the house, they're not happy and fulfilled. They need something else to do. So that's my recommendation off the bat, Matt. All right, next week, guys, we're going to get into a bunch of other questions, so make sure you go over and leave your review. I appreciate you guys listening. Some really great questions coming up. I appreciate you guys. Um, Can't wait to see you guys on tour. Talk to you next time. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.